Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And while you were here, you might as well check out the Leeds Podcast Network, where we have six, yeah, you heard it, six brand new shows, Monday through Saturday, each and every single week. You can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And whenever you listen to them, we are there. We cover the NBA, the WNBA, and we even dip our toes into the NFL. Check us out because we're really good. Memphis, 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 with another episode of Grizz901. Today's episode is special. You can hear the giggles already. It's family day. And the reason it's family day is because it's going to be a new year soon. We're just getting in the middle of between Christmas and New Year's. And I figured why not bring on some of my two biggest Grizzlies and Grizz901 podcast fans or my kids. I haven't said you yet. What you heard is Margo. Margo, can you say hello? Yes. Say hello. There you go. All right. And the oldest is Penelope. Can you say hello, Penelope? Hello, Penelope. You're not supposed to say hello, Penelope. Say hello, Grizz Nation. All right. So we're going to have a couple questions for them today. Not Nothing crazy, but I figured we'd have some fun with it with family right before we get into Grizzlies talk. So, Margo, let's start with you. Margo, who is your favorite Grizzlies player? Uh, Grizz. Grizz? Margo is the biggest Grizz fan there is. She even disguised her turkey like Grizz. Isn't that right? Yes. All right. Penelope, do you have a favorite Grizzlies player? I just want to say the same as Margo. Oh, okay. What about... Ja Morant. Does your friend Mason like Ja? Have a Ja jersey? Yeah. That cool. I love him. Yep. I love so, I love do y'all him. like watching basketball with Dad? Yes. Yeah. All right. Not kind of. Yeah, they don't really like watching basketball with me all the time, uh, but uh, they have fun. Do you I allow me to watch basketball? Penelope is playing basketball, and she is getting tall and about to be a really good basketball player. Is that right? She's going to be sick. And I'm going to see when I go back to Jolly Barker's going to be four and I'm going to be seven. Yeah. Well, one more question for you girls before we get into more Grizzlies talk. Margo, what? did you have a good Christmas? Yes. All right. Penelope, yeah. did you have a good Christmas? Uh-huh. All right, Margo, let's go back to you. What was your favorite present for Christmas, Margo? Uh- Was it maybe Spider Man? Some of your Spider Man stuff? Yeah. You like Spider Man? Yeah, she likes the, all her Spider Man's, the squishy Spider Man. And all right, Penelope, and your all favorite? The all the Spider Man's? I know. Penelope, your favorite Christmas gift for the people of Memphis? Uh, the dog. 
dollhouse is everything. Else. The dollhouse and everything else. All right. Well, can y'all say bye, Grizz Nation? Bye, Grizz Nation. That was a lot of fun, and I'm glad the kids joined me today because really that's what you know this is all about. And I hope each and every one of you had a very Merry Christmas, but also a good New Year coming up. If you're making resolutions, make good ones. Don't make ones that are too hard to grasp, such as the Grizzlies winning, you know, the West, the entire West. That, that's just a little too crazy, right? I want it to happen, okay? I want to lose, you know, whatever weight, or I want to look like I have abs, okay? Those days are over, okay? Those are unattainable. Not going to happen, uh, but I hope each and every one of you had a great time with family and friends and really just had a chance to relax and enjoy the season. I had a different take. Uh, I had a chance to really spend a lot of time with my immediate family, and that's because we all kind of came down with COVID. And so last week, I was in the middle of it. Thankfully, it did not hit me as much as it hit my wife. Uh, But uh, we are still getting back from it. And now, I don't know if Ryan has COVID, but he is definitely under the weather and not doing well. And we've gone back and forth probably for the last three weeks where one of us is not felt well compared to the other one. And so we've been doing solo podcasts on both, you know, the free basketball, which is on the Leeds Podcast Network, but also here at Grizz901, I think I've been the only one doing solo shows for a while, except for when I had the Sleepers Media on. If you have a chance and you have not heard it yet, please go check it out. Those dudes, Carter and Greg, are amazing. They're so good at what they do. And they honestly, that's them. That's how they talk. That's who, that's really how they act most of the time. And the funniest thing about the very, the very end, if you have not heard anything, okay, the, the whole entire episode was great. We got into uh, a lot of Jaron Jackson Jr. and what his ceiling is like, as well as Zach Randolph uh, and his legacy. We talked a little bit about the John Morant controversy since uh, just kind of went to bring it up and see what an outsider's thought process was. But the biggest thing in the whole entire thing was really the the Christmas items that are overrated and underrated. And, you know, uh, Carter Gray gave two of his that were overrated that he didn't like. But Greg, he had two of each. And the last one where he said that elves are underrated, that seems like just a normal thing to say. Like, hey, I, I like elves. Elves are underrated. But the way he talked about it, the way he explained that elves just don't have names, you know, and all the reindeers have their names and everybody celebrates them. But the elves, the one doing all the work, God, it was it, it was glorious. It was great. Uh, and it was one of those things that if you missed it, go back. Do yourself a favor and go back and listen to it because it was it was very funny. And still, we're in the holiday season, so why not? You can still listen to it. But at the seven-minute mark, if you want to go to it, seven-minute mark from the rest of the episode on, that's really where... Greg gets into uh, Greg and Carter gets into their Christmas items. So if you don't hear anything else, hear that. But also the rest of the Leeds Podcast Network doing great things. I can't say enough good things about those guys. We have a new show on Friday where they dig into a lot of the um, the upper management uh, discussions and something I kind of want to hit on as well today. And you know, and really, it's you know just talking about a little bit about the trade deadline and the way the Grizzlies are going to go. Uh, because I think they can go a couple different directions. And now that we keep seeing that this team, 
after this Sacramento win, you know, I, I don't want to get too high or too low ever, but just seeing how well these players can play when someone's out, it's it's so rewarding. And it has to be rewarding for the front office. So I want to give a shout out to those guys, uh, Zach Kleiman, Jason Wexler as well for doing a lot of things behind the scenes. Robert Perra, who really has kind of been an owner who's kind of been, you know, hands off. And some people look at that in a good way or a bad way, but I look at it as he trusts his people. It's his money, but they have to have a really good relationship if he's allowing them to kind of do their thing and look what's become of it. Sometimes trust your people, but also one person you trust is Taylor Jenkins and his staff. And I'm going to hit on that a little bit more at the very end, but let's get into it right now. Uh, The Grizzlies, they took on the Sacramento Kings last night. It was a 127 to 102 win. The Grizzlies had 19 more field goal attempts. That's, That's really what you want to hear like that's really the deciding factor yes you know it was a 25 point win but the 19 points the 19 attempts is really how you get to that number and how they got to that number it wasn't because they shot so much better than them it wasn't because their three-point percentage was just so much better because honestly they shot better beyond the arc than we did even though we were better at two point you know field goals but then the rebounds the Grizzlies were plus 15. Okay, that that looks great. They were 19 to 9, so a plus 10 on the offensive boards. And that's really where it comes to. If you get your offensive rebounds and you're a plus 10 on offensive rebounds, that's 10 of the 19 shots. Man, this team is doing so well. They out-rebounded them 53 to 38, which is a plus 15. An assist, they're still moving the ball. And that's something I look at is when the entire team is back together, do they still continue this style of basketball where you're moving the ball, where you get the ball into Steven Adams and allow him to facilitate the offense? Because realistically, that's where we're at our best. It's not when Ja gets to taking over and he's just dribble driving and just kind of throwing up stuff that he's so good at doing. It's not that. It's when we pass into Steven Adams and you run your screen off of him. You run a back screen off of him and you use him. He, you know, I guess picture guy and hands you off the ball to which he did with jaw. I know once and also Desmond Bain and then also the passes that Steven Adams can do when there's back cuts and maybe screens away from the ball that are allowing another back pick or whatever it might be. That's really when the Grizzlies are moving the ball their best. And that's why Steven Adams had six assists. And I don't give enough credit to the really how Taylor Jenkins has used Steven uh, Steven Adams, because it's been so great and it's really come, you know, to the forefront when all these guys are missing because they're having to use, you know, Steven Adams more. And I never would have thought that he would have been a good passer. I would have not ever have thought that we'd be talking about Steven Adams, the assister, the assist king. But 33 assists was amazing. Uh, again, the Grizzlies doing great work. But another thing is total turnovers. They were uh, only had 12 to their 18 and points in the paint, which the Grizzlies are just so good at. But 72 of the 127 points, the Grizzlies had points in the paint. So shout out to those guys getting there. And a lot of times uh, the Sacramento Kings felt like they were getting in with De'Aaron Fox, but he was the only one doing work, getting into the paint, you know, on a consistent basis. And they had 36. So um, it was just, a, a you know, he doubled them up in the paint. And you can't say enough about them sticking to what they know and what they're good at. And really using those assists. Those assists are key. We're not getting a ton of assists, 
on the three-point shot as much. You know, we only made nine uh, three-point three-pointers. So it's really, you know, back picks and back screens going towards the basket. And that's when the Grizzlies are at their best. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about the Kings. You know, they just did not shoot well, which the Grizzlies did not either. But the energy just seemed to lax. They're trying to get De'Aaron Fox back into, you know, their style of offense since he'd been out for so long. And if you look at the Grizzlies when they played uh, against um, the Thunder, the same thing kind of happened. You know, the Grizzlies, you know, got up in that in that game big. But getting, you know, kind of the flow of everybody get back into it and kind of continuously keeping your rhythm, the Thunder kept coming back and eventually the Thunder ran off with it. Well, if you look at this game, you know, it seemed like the Kings, you know, really had a chance to really be good. And if you saw that the line, you know, pay attention to the line because it's mainly betting lines. I saw that the Grizzlies were down to a minus one and a half at some point during that game. And that's when I went ahead and looked at it and I, and I took it because it was 24 to 20 at the end of the first, you know, quarter. And then the second quarter, the Grizzlies, you know, came back. It was a 29 point um, second quarter for the Grizzlies, but it was still a 26 point uh, quarter for the Kings. And so the Kings were really, really playing well. Um, it just seems like sometimes integrating a superstar back into your lineup is tougher than really what people you know want to make it seem because it, it isn't easy, okay? Because you're having to change everything back to the way they've been playing. And the Grizzlies responded with a big third and fourth quarter. Third quarter, 40 points. And then the fourth quarter, they kept it going with another 38-point quarter. So that's really where it comes down to is the Grizzlies – and even Taylor Jenkins and the staff, they're continuously changing things and making adjustments at halftime. And that's really how you win NBA basketball games. These guys are professionals. And so it allowed them to really change the way they were going. You picked up the energy, and that's really the deciding factor. It was on the, ener- on the energy side of things. Because, you know, um, Halliburton, he still he played well. Fox played okay. Holmes, yeah, not a great game. It was his first game back as well. Um, Metune Barnes, uh, not really a great game at all. Uh, Bagley, I said this during when I was tweeting for Grizz lead. Is Killian Tilly better than Marvin Bagley? And I know that sounds so stupid when you hear the names. But if you actually look at how they're playing right now, I would take Killian Tilly over Marvin Bagley. And that's crazy to say that. And who knows what happens to Marvin Bagley after this season or before this season's over if he gets traded. But it doesn't look like he cares. And Killian Tilly cares. And Killian Tilly is not awesome. I think he'll be in the rotation next year, as early as next year, unless he's traded away for assets. Killian Tilly can be good, and I think Killian Tilly is better. I think Tilly is better than Bagley. Um, But somebody who kind of got off was Damian Jones early. He cooled down, but he still ended up with 15 points. Um, And then another guy who I like usually, and I did not like, is Buddy Hilde. He seems like he's going through the motions as well. And I don't know what it is, but 0-2 from three-point line, I don't know if he even wants to be there anymore at this point. And so who knows what the Kings do? I think they need to shake something up. Something's got to give because what's happening there right now is not good. But what's good is the Grizzlies. And we're going to talk about them. But if you have a chance, go to either the ESPN app or whatever you're on, whether it's the laptop or whatever, and pull up the box score from this game. And just look at the starters for the game in general. And you want to talk about glorious. Just looking through the box score. And I, I'm going to rattle off some numbers, and they're going to sound you know stupid and annoying. 
because it's just numbers up numbers up numbers. But 21 points for Jaron, along with six rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two blocks. Steven Adams, 10 points. He should have had 10 rebounds. They gave it to Jaw for whatever reason. That's stupid. But 10 re, 10, uh, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals. John Morant, 18 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. John Conchard, getting jitty with it, 11 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. And Desmond Bain, 28 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. Man, that was just, it, it's so good when you can see the starters just playing that well and everybody contributing. And shout out to Jitty, John Conchar. He's played so well when he's had his chances. And a lot of Grizz Twitter has kind of been all over him at times. He doesn't really do anything to hurt you. He's going to play within himself. He's going to take some three-pointers. And he's been shooting well as of late. Uh, he went uh, one of three from tonight, from beyond the arc. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. Take your three, you know, sh- you know, make one. Sometimes make two. That's going to be a good average, good percentage. But it also shows that you're a threat when you're in the game. But it also shows that John Conchar has earned minutes on this team. And I keep saying that with you know whether it's Brandon Clark and now John Conchar, and even I've talked about Killian Tilly in the past. Like they're earning their minutes to play in these game in these on this team in the rotation. But that just shows that the front office has kind of knocked it out of the park with this team. And we're going to get into you know how deep this team is with the trade deadline looming. I know I've talked about it in the past, but really the questions are there. What do you do? Like, Do you try to consolidate? Do you go for it because you are fourth? And now you're seeing some of these other teams that are, that are struggling. The parity in the league. Do the Grizzlies have a chance to win a first-round series? Is that really... What would what would that change things if we got a big person in the free agency? Or do you wait to the to the you know till I guess the trade deadline and you try to hit that? Or you know do you wait to the free agency? Who knows? But we'll see what happens with these Grizzlies. But but I had to give a shout out to John Conchar, double double in his first game, but fourteen rebounds. The guy was just playing with energy, and when the Kings were not, it really showed. It really showed that he was out there busting his butt. And in the end of the day, energy and, you know, kind of a drive really is the deciding factor when everybody is really good at their, in, at their sport, in their profession. If everybody's really good, who has the biggest drive? Jitty. Jitty has the drive. All right. Well, the Grizzlies are now 20 and 14. They're fourth in the West still. They're last 10. They're six and four. And now they continuously go down the track of uh, playing the regular season games. And so the Grizzlies had a, you know, a, a weird week. It wasn't great. They were on a, a, a three-game losing streak, thankfully. They won against the Kings, and then they had three games they lost, and then they visit the Kings again. It's a recipe for success. Play the Kings, and you win. But now they have a, a different week, and it's a week before you get into the new year. And as we talked about the new year, Man, that new year, once January hits, it's going to bring a a tough schedule. And as we talked about, it's, you know, five games in the first seven days, and then it's eight games in the 12 days period. So after you get out of your five and seven, it doesn't get easier because you have eight and 12 total. But the Grizzlies now have the Suns, who are, they're playing tonight on a back-to-back. 
I'm not exactly sure what the Grizzlies are going to do. As I talked about uh, and tweeted out on uh, in, in Grizz Twitter and at the Grizz lead, uh, I saw that Jaron uh, fell. And when he fell, he fell hard. And I'm curious if they play him tonight. And I, I know nothing as of right now, but usually when somebody falls hard and it's on a back-to-back and maybe he's a little stiff this morning, there could potentially, you know, they could hold him out. So who knows what happens, but... As of right now, we know that we have Jarrett Culver out. Santiago Dama has, you know, still been out. Uh, Dylan Brooks is um, he's out due to COVID uh, safety protocols, as well as Anthony Melton and Use Ponds. So those guys, I would assume, are still going to be out. There's not going to be any changes that quickly to the health and safety protocols, from my understanding and reading between the lines of Jaron's tweet. He pretty much says that uh, they need to let them out of safety uh, protocols. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe. Health and safety protocols are not right for them. I don't know if they just tested positive, but they don't have, you know, they're asymptomatic and have, you know, nothing happening to them. I don't know. I just know that I went through it myself. I had very little to any um, issues during that time. My wife was opposite. She had a lot of issues. I've had friends with a lot of issues. So who knows? I, I don't know what's going to happen. Because, um, you know, there could be issues just in general with, you know, your body could, you know, react to it differently than some. So it's the unknown. We don't know what we do know. And it's kind of breaking news for some is that Monty Williams, he's uh, the coach of the Suns. He's now entered health and safety protocols uh, due to uh, COVID. So he will not coach in the game tonight. So it's all up in the air. And by the time this actually gets put out, and I'm recording this around noon on Monday. Yeah, they could cancel the game because more people, you know, due to contact tracing or whatever, they could be canceling this game. So who knows? But as of right now, it's just what I'm showing is Monty Williams, the coach of the Suns, is out. So we will see. Uh, but getting into this week, uh, we have the Lakers. After this game, we come back home for a two-game homestand uh, against the Lakers and the Spurs. Uh, the Lakers, they are struggling in all honesty, and they're on a five-game losing streak. They do have a chance to win against the the Rockets on Tuesday, which means that there will be travel on a back-to-back with the Lakers. They'll travel to the the Rockets in Houston, play them, and then then they'll travel to Memphis and play us on Wednesday. Who knows what they're going to do, whether they're going to sit people or not. That's kind of up in the air, as well as COVID is up in the air. There's a lot of issues, a lot of questions surrounding that. But then we have the Spurs. The Spurs are on Friday, and so they will play uh, the Jazz on Monday, and then Wednesday they have the Heat at home. So that's back-to-back games before they come on the road to play us on Friday night. So the Spurs are not great, but they're not bad, okay? But they are in our conference, and a win against them is very crucial. We we really want to win. Uh, but they're 14-18, and 18, and in the last, uh, they're on a three-game winning streak. So we'll see what happens to them this week. They're six and four in their last ten. So, so who knows? But this week, I, I think that getting uh, two wins would be really big. The Grizzlies, I know they, you know, played hit or miss against the Lakers, but to say that the Grizzlies win the game on a back to back against the Suns would be tough tonight without Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton. But then having the Lakers, who are mad, they're angry. I know they don't have Anthony Davis, and the Grizzlies, I feel like, are a better team. I think they could and should win that, as well as the Spurs, because they know what's looming. They know that that eight games in 12 days is looming. 
And those are going to be tough as well as dealing with COVID protocols. That's right there in your face. So all this is tough. And that's why I say the next month of games, the next 20 days is some of the toughest the Grizzlies will ever face. And it's something that they need to hopefully just take on and just kind of run through straight into. And hopefully if we are 500 during that time, I feel good about the Grizzlies chances because they are playing really well basketball. Let's get into uh, something with Taylor Jenkins real quick. I'm curious of how this all goes. The Grizzlies, in all honesty, they were without Dylan Brooks early into the season. And he gets back. Ja goes out and gets hurt. He's out. Dylan kind of comes back in. The Grizzlies start playing well. The Grizzlies obviously have been playing well the whole year, right? They're 20 and 14. Six games above 500 is good um, compared to the rest of the league. But then Ja comes back. Okay, it's a it's a weird integration. They go in a little bit of losing streak, and then Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton go out due to COVID. They play the Kings and they win. Who's to know what's on the horizon the next ten days that they have to wait that long uh, for the you know health and safety protocols? But then maybe everybody is back. Taylor Jenkins and their staff. I want to applaud them for the next man up mentality as well as the players. But also the question comes: What's going to happen now? And that's not going to be their biggest question that they have. How do they integrate everyone into this team? Because there's a lot of good players, and the reason they're so good right now, dealing with you know COVID issues, people getting hurt, is because they are a deep team. But you don't have to worry about juggling the roster. And Taylor Jenkins has been a pretty good you know coach dude for that. I'm curious how hard it's going to be when everybody is back and everybody's healthy. What do you do? I, I, that's a question that I have, and I want to just kind of put that out there because the Grizzlies, when they've been full strength at times, they just don't look the same team, and maybe they just need time to mesh. But I think that uh, Taylor Jenkins and his staff will do a good job of that. Another thing I have uh, coming is you know February 10th, everybody knows, is the trade deadline. And I've talked about in the past, the next 20 days are going to be crucial before the uh, trade deadline gets here. And I want to say that a lot of times um, this team is going to make a play at the trade deadline. But also, I I propose the question, do they even need to? Like, they are fourth in in the West, and that's great. I think that they can beat every team that is under them, as well as potentially being able to knock off Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah. I think those three teams, if you played them in the second round and they had home, home court advantage, I think it would be tough to beat them in four of the seven games. I do think that. But under that, the Clippers, who have now, Paul George is out. Who knows what's going to happen with him? He's out a month. Um, Anthony Davis with the Lakers, he's out at least a month. Uh, Denver, they're not getting Jamal Murray back right now. Who knows when he's coming back? But Jokic is tough. I still think they could beat them. But going down Dallas, Minnesota, San Antonio, Portland, those teams all still have a chance to make the playoffs and the play-in. But uh, potentially, you could play any one of those teams in the first round. I feel good about this Grizzlies team against all those players. But that also leaves the question, do the Grizzlies need to make a play at the trade deadline? Or do they need to be patient? I'm just so curious with what's going to happen but also, because these players are playing so well, why not go for something 
And if it's and if you get somebody to bite on your offer, then it has to work in your favor. And I don't know who that is for. I don't know if somebody is looking at a Kyle Anderson who has been so good that they really think they need him. I, I don't know if the Grizzlies feel like they need Tyus Jones because now De'Anthony Melton's really good at bringing up the ball, and he was not good at that in the past. Uh, but also, if you do keep Kyle, Kyle is, can be a point guard or point forward, whatever you want to call it. And so maybe Tyus is the one that they move on from and put Tyus potentially with the Lakers. You know, that's probably not what you want to do if you're trying to help them out. But maybe they get, maybe the Lakers get off of Russ and they need a point guard coming back who can help facilitate and pass the ball. And someone who can pass the ball would be Tyus with, you know, someone like LeBron. So I'm not putting that out there, you know, just to see that happen because I do not want that to happen. But I'm just curious what happens with all this because in the end of the day, the Grizzlies are going to have to make a decision. Do they don't want to be like the Thunder who has all these picks, but nothing ever comes from it. The Grizzlies have now kind of caught lightning in a bottle to where they were much better than they should be. But also, they're playing much better. Jaron, who is you know stepping up and playing so well. Dylan Brooks is playing well. Desmond Bain is playing well. Steven Adams, who I thought they knew what they were getting him, he's a good facilitator of the offense, and I think they're seeing that more and more. So who knows how this is all going to go, but I do think the Grizzlies uh, are going to try to be patient but make a pretty decent swing uh, during this trade deadline. So, um, But that's all we have this week. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed those first three minutes of me and with my kids. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, and I think it made them feel special just kind of being on the podcast. They'll now get to hear themselves and maybe uh, grandma will tune in as well. So just shout out to everyone um, having and celebrating this Christmas time, but also this New Year's. We will have another episode midweek uh, before the New Year gets here. And I'll try to have some fun things involved in that, as well as looking for that, you know, big stretch that the Grizzlies have starting in the 1st of January. Y'all have a great week. Be nice and tell your friends.